This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis. This week on The Woman Behind the Business, you're born with purpose, but your passion, well, that's interchangeable. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today's guests both share something fairly unique. Neither guest had lifelong dreams of becoming a business owner, yet somehow life happened, and voila, here they are. Our first guest is Myona Holmes, CEO of Socially Polished. She discovered her knack of helping position impact-driven female business owners through her strategic marketing abilities. Today, her firm provides courses, consulting, social media marketing, and so much more. Her journey to the CEO seat is what keeps her driven and motivated. And at the end of every day, she asks herself, may the work I've done speak for me. Welcome to the show, Myona. Thank you so much. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for being here. Now, that quote that I gave, um, mm-hmm. may the work I've done speak for me. That's a powerful verse from a very prominent song. What do those lyrics mean to you? Actually, um, I lost my mom in 2011, and she was one who was driven. Um, she's When people think of you know someone who you look up to, she was always the person I looked up to, and we actually put that on her headstone. And so I keep that in me because everything I do, people from here to um, Europe and, you know, down south came to her services. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things they said, like, she was so powerful and she wanted to help everyone. And she did. Mm -hmm. And so I just keep that with me. Now, how did she help people? Like, what kind of work was she in? Now, my mom was actually in the military for 20 plus years and she retired. Um, But... Through volunteering, she volunteered for um, battered women, and she did that even while she was sick. And then she just, if she would see you and you came to the church and you needed help, she would help you. She was always lending a hand. I'm an only child, but we always had someone with us because she was always helping someone. Mm -hmm. And that's something that one of her friends says. It's like, it didn't seem as if I was an only child because I'm so giving. Mm -hmm. So That's awesome. Thank you. Because most only children, I'm sorry, I love y'all. But (laughs) I didn't say it, she said it. (laughs) Yes. Now, life happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've already mentioned that in 2011, you lost your mom. But I was always brought up that death happens in threes. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about that. So death truly did happen in threes. Um, My aunt passed in 2010 of August. My grandmother, which is my mother's mom, passed away in April of 2011. And then I had a baby in April of 2011. And then my mom passed away in August of 2011. Wow. Yes. That's a lot. The matriarchs in my family. Mm -hmm. That's what they were. And so how did you deal with that? How did you cope? A lot of crying. (laughs) Um, But God, I kept him first. And I say to, because unfortunately I'm having friends, we're in that age Mm -hmm. where we're losing people that we love. And I say that I'm like, just keep praying, keep him near you. It's not just for selfish reasons that you pray, but you ask God to keep me, watch me, watch over me, mm-hmm. watch over my children because he will truly get you through. Right. Now, how did those um, trying times shape you and get you down the path that you're currently on? It made me want to push harder for things that I know 
they would have wanted to do, but they're not here to do it. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I was like, I'm on a mission. Mm-hmm. So I finished school. I had four kids. I finished school and I worked at night. So you have four kids? I have four kids. Four boys. Well, I know you have four now. Yes. But you have four kids then too? I had four. When I finished school, I had four kids. Wow. I had four sons, one with an infant. Um, and I have a son who's on the spectrum as well. Mm-hmm. But I had four kids. I worked at night, but I was determined. I had these goals. Mm-hmm. And then I, I worked in corporate. I worked, you know, in marketing and corporate. But it was my children that made me say, there is more. Mm-hmm. And so then that's when I was like, okay, I'm. this is what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm one who, I'm a goal maker. <laughs> and so when I put those goals out there, I check them off one by one. And so how old were you when you lost your mom? I'm 36 now. 20 right before my 29th birthday wow yeah like a week before I turned 29 wow Mm -hmm. now your name is also very unique yes um is there a story for that as well (laughs) that's the question I always get they're like first it's is that my real name and but my mother was told she couldn't have children Mm -hmm. and so then she became pregnant with me and so she was like this is my own so that's where it comes from. And she tacked the A at the end. No A. It's just my, my own. own. Like ah. my own car. My own is fabulous. Ah, I love <laughs> it. Like this is my own. Yes. Own it. Yes. Now, when you decided it was time for you to go into business for yourself, what was the determining factor or factors? The hours. And when I sat down and looked at how much time my children spend with someone else outside of me. I was like, this can't continue because I don't want before and after care and nannies and sitters to raise my children. Mm-hmm. I had them. That, that's my most important job. I, I own a business, but there's nothing more fulfilling for me than to be their mother. Mm-hmm. And so that's what was the deciding factor. When I was going in at seven, working on weekends, coming out at six. Now, being in business for yourself is no easy it is not. And it is not. Timing. But I choose my hours. And so, how do you, how do you manage your hours? Because you also have relationships that you have to manage when you're in business for yourself. I I do, but um, my planner is my best friend. <laughs> my planner and my phone, and so my on a laptop or computer time Mm -hmm. is strictly nine to three. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I'm married. So my husband is amazing and super supportive. And so he realizes that, Hey, some weekends I may have to work, but I go on all the field trips. I go to all the appointments without the guilt of, Oh, I got to hurry up and get back to X, Y, Z. You know, I have a son that plays on a traveling team. I just pack up my laptop and I'm like, all right, where are we going? Right. (laughs) So I am being, it's a different type of mom, no doubt, but I am still being the mom that I wanted to be. And it's so awesome because I am in the process of writing my second book and it's called Her Therapy. And it's all about the battle of women who are both moms and bosses. Oh my gosh. And you tell me when that comes out. I got to read that. I'm sure that will make bestseller. (laughs) Because it it is, I still battle, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm sitting there on my phone and, you know, I might be checking emails and then they're wanting my attention. I battle with that. I battle with when I get, 
when I bring on a new client, especially depending on what type of um, contract it is, having to do that extra work, you mm-hmm. know, but then I know the end result, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. so my end is for my husband to come on and be a part of the business. And then we're both home and then we can share, mm-hmm. you know, so. You mean have him be the babysitter? Why you take <laughs> I'm just joking. Hubby. He's actually an amazing writer. Oh, good. Yes, he's an amazing writer. That I always awesome. say to him, like, when's the book? Yeah. Because, yes. When he's ready, let me know. Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay, I definitely will. Yes. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, your work Mm and branding and marketing and social media marketing in those areas. So, as a business owner, we all want to increase visibility and engagement. What are some key elements that we should consider when managing our social media accounts? So, number one is your branding. Your branding should be consistent on across all platforms. I don't want to see that your name is my own one place, socially polished another, my own getting it in on <laughs> another <laughs> platform. Like, who are you? Is this the same person? Right. So that's the number one thing that I tell people, like stay consistent so that at Socially Polished, you're going to find me everywhere across the board. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell them. Stay consistent, engaging, connecting with people. But people don't know how to engage. How do you engage okay. with so your this audience? Is, this is what I tell people. When you go to an event, okay, unless you're an introvert and we have those, but when you go to an event, do you stand in the corner and hope that people are just going to come talk to you? Mm. No. You go and you mix and mingle with people. It's the same thing on social media. Go on their pages, mix and mingle, start a conversation. That is engaging. It's the same thing. It's just online. But you don't think that some people think it's a little weird? No. Okay, so wait a second. Okay. You've never received a Instagram message and somebody's like or or you think it's just spam because there is to me there's a lot of spam. Now there is a I if I see another hair, we probably <laughs> spam. There's a lot of those, but there I, I do get spammers. Everyone's, you know. And yeah, I mean, I you, feel like there's so many people who are like, "Yo, hit me up, follow my page." Now that is too that's too broad. Right. But when, like, you, when someone messages me saying, hey, I, I love what you're doing. When is your retreat? Because I have some off time. I'm thinking that that lets me know that you're actually paying attention to my post. Right. So that's what you have to do when you're being engaging. Mm-hmm. You have to come on their page like, hey, I really love your vibe. I love what you're doing with X, Y, Z. Or I really love to know if you think, bloop, bloop, bloop. you know, maybe ask them a question. Participate if they're doing stories, mm-hmm. especially if they have polls or questions. Engage that way. But yeah, don't do the generic like, yeah. hey, your page is cool. Really? Or or it's like an automatic response, I swear, that comes up on like random pictures. And I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, this Listen, is an awesome picture. And somebody's sitting here crying. Okay, that's a rule. Let the bots go. That's It's a bot. Yeah. Let the bots go because the bot cannot <laughs> engage for you. It's like, I love what you're talking about. I didn't say anything. Right. <laughs> It's just a picture of me on the beach. What are you talking about? Right. So that's that's a heavy and a huge issue. But what I'm noticing with the times is that people are becoming more engaging and real and wanting to make connections. Mm -hmm. And with Facebook, especially in Instagram, they're pushing that to the forefront. I don't know if you know that, like. When you look on your Facebook platform now from your mobile phone, it's different. They have the groups on there because they want community. That's what they started off trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so they're pushing that. They're pushing. 
they're trying to push us marketers out. <laughs> so they're pushing marketing more to the side and they want you to build community and connect. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you need to do. Stop spamming. Yes. Stop the bots. Do us a favor. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> so talk. OK, so you said that the engagement. Um, so how long do you spend actually like going through and engaging with other brands and I know like one of the rules that I kind of tell people is figure out like a hashtag that's applicable that you care about absolutely and go there and like start communicating I with always people tell in that people community. pick 10 hashtags I say 10 mm-hmm. it depends on your time mm-hmm. but pick 10 hashtags that are within your niche that you believe two things that your followers will be following And that your competitors are using because you can find your followers within your competitors' hashtags. Mm -hmm. So pick 10 hashtags, follow those, engage with the top six people from each of those hashtags, meaning commenting, not just liking, not just a thumbs up, but actually real engaging comments on those top six. And then make sure they're recent because Mm -hmm. you can go under the hashtags and it could be something they go by yeah. popularity. So it can be something that's from like last year and like you don't want to engage on there. But make sure it's recent within the last week mm-hmm. and engage with the top six people. And then you'll see that your page will start to grow. You'll have engaged followers. You'll, they'll share if your content is something that they like. They'll start sharing it with people they know. OK. All right. Awesome. Now, when it comes to Pinterest, um, I feel as though Pinterest is one of those social media sites that people don't peg as it's social a media. secret. So tell me why you love Pinterest so much. It's a serious traffic driver to your site or to your landing page or your product for free organically. Like what you would do with Google ads, you can do with Pinterest for free organically. And many people, it's not just your favorite outfit or how you want to redesign your kitchen. Mm -hmm. When you, so let me just say this, and many people don't know this, that Pinterest is SEO search, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it is a search engine. And so if you think about it in that form, instead of just pretty pictures, then you're like, okay, a search engine, which means they're keywords. Mm -hmm. That's how people can find you. That's what people are looking for on there. So when you have your boards with keywords in your bio because there's a bio on Pinterest that have keywords and each pin needs a keyword in there then it's easier for people to follow you and that's how you'll see when you see someone's page and you're like 50,000 yeah 50,000 50,000 people are going to their site that's how they're selling their product a lot of realtors are using it and a lot of interior designers are using it. Yeah, that was my next question. Like, are there certain industries that do better on Pinterest? Because it seems like it's more of a visual type platform. OK, so I will say if you have a product right now, if you are service, a service provider, but you have a blog or you are putting content on Facebook or Instagram because you can link them back there. Mm-hmm. And if you're an interior designer, of course, or a designer of any type, an artist. Mm -hmm. And then now real estate is starting to get it. And so they're getting in the game too. Okay. What about like us people who like host events and all that kind of stuff? Yes, yes. So if, yes. So if you host an event and your event is in DC, right? 
then you can put your in your keywords. It can be you just have to talk about what the event is. So give me an example and then I can give you one back. Okay, so let's say we have a women in government contracting. Okay, women in government. So your keywords are going to be women in government, women entrepreneurs, women business owners. Those are the keywords you're going to use because I may not come to your event, but then I'm going to come to that board and then I'm going to come to your page Mm -hmm. and see what other boards you have. If I'm a woman who wants to get into contracting, what am I going to look for? Mm hmm women in government, women events. So then I'm going to come on there like, oh, she has some, maybe you have some, like a blog post that you did. You might not think that anyone cares, but once I'm looking on there now, it makes me go to all these other pages that you have. So people put blog posts on Pinterest as well? So what happens is you've written a blog post about your event. You have a pinned graphic image. Mm-hmm. So then when I click on that pinned oh, graphic, it, takes, you to it takes me to the blog post. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, if you have a sales funnel hooked properly, when I go to your blog post, you should have a call to action for something that you sell. Mm-hmm. And then I would be like, oh, I need that. Mm-hmm. I don't really, but. <laughs> but it's here. <laughs> exactly. You're telling me I need and it. And so I click on that like, oh, my goodness. And then I buy it. Huh. Wow. Yes. See how you can get caught up, wrapped you up? You can. And there are Pinterest groups. And there's um, a platform called Tailwind that you use, like a software that you use for Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And they have Tailwind groups. And you can join those. And that helps grow your Pinterest page. So if you're in a Pinterest group that has 10,000, the rule would be you can put one of your pins on there. And then you have to pin like two other people's items on your board. Mm -hmm. So instead of maybe you have 50 followers, instead of 50 people seeing that pin, now you have the ability to have 10,000 because you're in that group. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, uh, the followers group on um, on like Instagram. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. So for anyone who is unfamiliar with the follow loop, I I don't want to just have this conversation with (laughs) another marketer. Um, Follow loops are essentially like where you can, let's say you're interested in a particular hashtag and there are other people who are artists or makeup artists per se. And you say, okay, we're going to do a follow loop on Sunday at XYZ time. And there's a graphic that everybody has to post. And whenever that person posts that image, you go, you like, you write something. And then each person under that, you go and you follow, like literally like follow them, not just like their image. And it's a quick way to build your engagement Mm -hmm. organically because you guys have that similar interest. Yeah. So yeah, you can find a lot of those on Telegram. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But girl, I'd be taking a long time. I was when you were sitting there talking, I was like, but you gonna be there all day. Yes, you, following. It's a long time. Long time. But it, it works. It's worth it. It definitely works. All right. Now you also teach these like Pinterest secrets and I do. all of that. So how do people like find out about your courses? Is it on your website? You have so videos? It's on my website. I am always on Facebook. I have a Facebook group. Okay. Um, and I, of course, I'm on Instagram and Pinterest. So at Socially Polished, 
they can always find me. And the funny thing is, I feel like your face lights up when you talk about uh, Pinterest. I, I do. <laughs> I do. I get so excited when I talk about social media. I just spoke at a conference like last month. Mm-hmm. And before I even hit the stage, I was like walking to the stage all excited. And they were like, you were so upbeat. I was like, there's nothing to be sad about when you're talking about social. <laughs> That's so funny. Now, you also um, have like some, do you have any tips or secrets that um, people in business can use to kind of automate the process? Like, because everybody doesn't have time to sit and, you know, like, follow, like, follow, comment. Mm -hmm. So you, I'd say hire an assistant. (laughs) <laughs> That's no, I'm being very truthful because there are apps and tools out there. One is Captivate, where you can follow a mass amount and unfollow a mass amount of people. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you can put it on a night timer so it looks as if you're the actual person doing it. Mm-hmm. But my outside of hiring me, <laughs> the other thing I would first say is things to, first, yes, is hire an assistant. And it doesn't have to like make you broke, but the assistant can do what you can because engaging does take a long time. Now you can schedule posts on Facebook. They have the Facebook scheduler Mm -hmm. with Pinterest. They have the software Tailwind. You can schedule like a hundred something pins. Yes, ma'am. So you can schedule your pins for the entire month. Now, what's the benefit of scheduling out pins? I feel like so that you're not sitting there pinning all day long. So you can put I can say I want these five pins and to go out at 250, 350, 450, 1050. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. I feel like we can talk for the whole hour. Yes. And we actually we might. What time is it? Yeah, I think we're going to I think I'm going to keep you for the whole hour. Um, This is just so good. Um, And I feel like it will give us an opportunity to immerse because I feel like we're giving people a touch of it. And they're probably like, yo, what are they talking about? (laughs) Wait, wait, slow down. Where do I need to go? Give me some websites. Yes. Um, So this is all great. Um, One of the other things that I do want to get to um, Mm -hmm. is your advocacy um, of your um, or of autistic Um, children. Um, So we will talk about that in the second half and we will continue our conversation on social media. Awesome. So I hope everybody is enjoying this enriching conversation because I'm loving it. But, you know, this is my wheelhouse. So stay with us and we'll be back right after this. Welcome to the WBB Legal Minute featuring Nyasha West. She's the principal attorney at West Law Firm, where she specializes in business law and family law and bankruptcy. Today, we're going to have a quick conversation about the different ways to get your business established. Now, Nyasha, what are those different entities that you can choose from when it comes time to establish your business? The most popular Entities that most business owners um, choose to go with when forming their businesses are uh, sole proprietorship, LLCs, or a corporation. Um, And the entity that you choose depends on what the business is that you're getting into. If you're getting into a business where you'll have very low interaction with the public and therefore very low liability, um, then a sole proprietorship may be a good option for you. Um, If you're getting into any other business where you're going to be interacting with the public, um, selling them goods or services, then you would want to choose an LLC or a corporation. Um, And the reason is, is because um, with those entities, 
the business owner is personally protected. So your assets are personally protected. So if I have a business and my business is a store and somebody comes into my store and slips and falls, if I have an LLC or a corporation, the person who slipped and fell would sue the company and they wouldn't sue me. Mm -hmm. So what this means is that my house and my personal assets are protected and they would be limited to the assets of the of the, the company. company. Yes. Okay. Now, really quickly, what's the difference between an S corp and a corp? So an S corp is a corporation that doesn't have self-employment taxes. Um, whereas a corporation has a whole host of other um of other taxes that the um, business would have to pay. Um, the biggest problem, not problem, but with uh, C corporations, um, the business owner may be subjected to double taxation mm. um, on their dividends. With the S corp, um, they wouldn't be subjected to double taxation. Okay. All right. Wonderful. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing this legal minute with us. You're welcome. All right. To learn more, how do people get in contact with you? You can contact me at the West Law Firm. My website address is nawestlaw.com or my telephone number is 301-798-4100. All right. Awesome. Thank you. And stay tuned for the rest of The Woman Behind the Business. Welcome back to The Woman Behind the Business talk show. I'm your host, Angel Livas, and we are continuing our conversation with my own homes. And I'm just so excited because this has just been so enriching and fulfilling to hear from somebody else, like some of your secrets to managing social media. Now, where did your passion specifically for social media derive? Mm, I like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have a a BA in communications Mm -hmm. um, with a concentration in PR. Okay. And so... In my mind, I told myself, this is like being a publicist. (laughs) So, and then I worked in marketing. So it just, to me, it just transferred. And it's, I'm a creative and it allows me to be creative. Okay. Now, do you also do like graphic design as part of your um, packaging when you're working on social media? Yes. So we do graphic design, content creation, video editing, strategy. And implementation. Now, how important is crafting a communication strategy or even specifically a social media strategy before you kind of go to the computer and start typing? I don't type without a strategy because I could, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall. That's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, knowing your target market, who you're speaking to, there's a different language for different target market. Mm -hmm. So especially if it's a market that we're not familiar with, (laughs) like I can't just go say, okay, here we go. Right. You know, like uh, for instance, I have a few clients now in the financial sector, like bookkeeping and tax, tax prep. I don't know no bookkeeping and tax prep. I, <laughs> I didn't know any of that. You know, I I go to my own bookkeeper and like here. So <laughs> it's a different language that mm-hmm. we had to learn. And I have to study them and what are their qualms, what's their language. But then I have to take it and I hate to say it like this, dumb it down. But in a sense, dumb it down for the people whom they're trying to attract because people they're trying to attract 
do not know that language. Mm -hmm. So you should always start with a strategy so that you can at least figure out what your goal is. Is it brand awareness? Is it social listening? People don't know about these things. Mm -hmm. Is it traffic driving? So some people just say, I just want more followers. That's not a goal. Right. You know, more followers and what? Do you want brand awareness? If you're a bigger corporation, okay, you need social listening to know what people are saying. Mm -hmm. So it's so funny because I, I always tell people, because I often hear people say, I want more followers, mm -hmm. right? And my question is, like you said, why? What is your goal from these followers? Well, I want to get advertisers. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, you know, sometimes it doesn't take all of that. Sometimes it's a matter of making sure that genuine people who are interested in your products and services are the ones that are following you. Absolutely. And if they're the ones that are following you, you can have that same amount of impact, if not more than having 100,000 followers. Absolutely. That's what I tell people. I'm a, they're like, I want 50,000. Why? I have someone who has 10,000 and she's making over 100,000. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you? Why right. do, what makes you believe that? You know, right. especially now, micro influencers are killing it. So you don't have to have a mil you can have a million followers and they're not engaged. So what's the point? Now, when you say micro influencers, talk to us a little bit about what that means. OK, so there's different levels to influencers, meaning the amount of people who are following you and whom you're influencing. So micro influencer will be someone who has like a mini micro would be someone who has 10,000 or less Then micros like 10 to 50. And then you have the 50K, which are assumed to be influencers. Mm -hmm. I've had people before they've come to me doing influencer marketing and they've hired an influencer to promote their product mm -hmm. and they get nothing. Nothing. Right. This person has a million plus and they get nothing in return. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, did you check? Did she have engaged followers? Like I asked them a set of questions and it's like, well, she has 50. She has a million. That doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, it does. She even talk about your niche at all. Right. So now going back to the Pinterest space, would you say that um, through marketing to a Pinterest audience that it is very one strategic and you know that if people are coming to this particular pen or board that they're interested in what it is that you know, that's going to absolutely guess, engage on, them to like click and go and so, learn. Yes. On Pinterest, when you go and you search a word, so if I search Black Hills, mm -hmm. then Pinterest, again, because it's a search engine, it's going to give me all the boards that have that in their keyword, right? Or in someone's bio or pins. Mm -hmm. And they're going to show me everything under the sun dealing with black heels. Mm -hmm. And then what's going to happen is they're going to start storing what I'm searching for more. And at the top, you can see if I put black heels, they'll put things that are similar, mm -hmm. black high heels or black uh, peep toe or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I definitely, it is when you're interested in something, it'll keep showing you the things that you're interested in. Mm. Wow. And you know what I also recently, because I'm honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Pinterest, but maybe I will be after we're done with yes. this show. <laughs> um, so what I don't like, and maybe I can use this frame of mind for business and say, I do like it for this, mm -hmm. is when somebody likes something or starts a new board, 
I get alerted. And I feel like, well, I don't care that somebody started a new board or turn your notifications. There's notifications and you can turn them off. Okay. (laughs) But I mean, I guess like thinking about it from a marketing standpoint, Mm -hmm. then maybe that would be good to know, oh, Angel started this new board called Women in Contract. I only want to be alerted to certain boards and certain people. So that's why I turn the rest off. Because it's like, oh, you started a new board? What you doing? So, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I want to know what's you going on. Yes, it <laughs> truly is. And for you saying that Pinterest, you just can't get, maybe this will help you. Pinterest, YouTube, Google, Amazon, top search engines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's running to YouTube and just forgetting about Pinterest. So be the first to get in. Pinterest ads cheaper than Google ads and Facebook ads and get a higher reach. There's ads on Pinterest? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my God. I don't know if anybody else is getting excited (laughs) about this. (laughs) My engineer is like, wow, mind blown. Wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to get into Pinterest and and learn (laughs) some things. And I think we can learn some things from your site. Now, what was it about Pinterest that I guess maybe you tried for the first time and was like, and you saw that kind of return? Number one, I saw it was an untapped market. I like to I like to be the first. Yeah. Um, and when I had a client who had a brand new Pinterest account, all she really had was the name, right? And so I had been trying it, trying it with like another client who already, who was trying to grow their Pinterest board. She already had 100K, but this client had zero. Within one week, she had 25,000. Yes, the traffic going to her site. Within two months, she had 125,000 traffic going to her site. So this is 125,000 people going to her site. She had a product though. No, so... She didn't, she was just launching. So we were doing it for brand awareness. So she had a blog. Mm -hmm. So we were taking them to her blog and then to her Instagram because you can drive people to your Instagram. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's so funny because my line sister loves Pinterest. And she's been telling me like for the last two, a good two years, like, oh, you should post on Instagram. I mean, on Pinterest. And I'm like, yes, for your, for your event. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. All right. Now let's shift gears a little bit um, and talk a little bit about your advocacy. Talk to us about um, how you got involved in being an um, autism advocate. Okay. So my two, he's my second son. I have four, so I have to figure out which which one he is in line. Um, My second son, per my pushing, um, I noticed that he had little quirks. And so I asked what that. What were some of those quirks? Um, if you were in a room with him and because he's 10 now, another 10 year old, you would notice a difference in um, like 10 year olds now are starting to kind of be interested in girls a little bit semi. But he's like equivalent with my eight year old. Who mm-hmm. just wants to do Beyblades and he doesn't really care about fashion yet. And so it was that. And then it was just some of the things he would say to me. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know? And then with his in school, when I would look at his schoolwork 
and how he was, um, like how things were registering for him. Mm-hmm. And so I started researching and I was like, I think he's on the spectrum. And so they were like, no, because the whole thing people don't realize, even those in education, it's called a spectrum for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's no one way that you can be on the spectrum. You, you and I could be on the spectrum and you could have totally different mannerisms and characteristics as from me. Mm-hmm. And so when he took the test, like at school, he was showing up one way, but then on the other test where he should have showed up something different, it wasn't. So they were like, well, we don't really know. We don't really want to label him. I was like, first of all, labels I'm not into. I just want to know what services and what I can get to help him in school and in everyday life. So then I went through with the Kennedy Krieger Center and they finally diagnosed him with having autism. And I didn't realize my son had ADHD because I'm like, he don't have ADHD. The teachers love him. He's like, because I had it set in my mind that ADHD means you act up and that's not the case with him. He doesn't have the focus piece because he doesn't have the focus piece because he's distracted in his own mind. He's not getting the education. He's not picking up schoolwork. So then really some days when he comes home, y'all pray for me. So some days when he comes home, I'm reteaching a lesson mm-hmm. because he's was just totally tuned out during that lesson. And I have to reteach it. But I have because he I had him diagnosed. He has an IEP and I can ask for all these added things for him. Now, how old was he when he was diagnosed? He's 10. He was seven. Now, he started out at four. So, I've been seeing quirks since he was three. Well, when you say quirks, you got to give me something more than. I, I just, I don't not even know how to explain ex- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just, sometimes I tell people, you just have to meet him. <laughs> It it really is true. Um, just you know how you see people, you be like, he's a little different. You you get what I'm saying? It's Did like he look different. No, like the way he acts is different than what you regularly would see. And it's not the regular shy. cars and trucks thing. He was shy, barely any eye contact, um, reserved to himself, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Like Did he the, like to be touched or not so much? Um Okay, so when he was in kindergarten. He had to wear jeans and these one, goodness, these one black jeans that had like Batman on them. If he did not, it was total meltdown city. I'm talking about 30 minutes going off about him wanting to wear jeans. I'm like, okay, it's no clean jeans. You're just going to wear these joggers. No, total meltdown. That's not regular. Kids don't care in kindergarten what you put on them. They would wear something dirty, you know what I mean, during <laughs> kindergarten. But he was, and then he was avid about washing his hands. Kindergarten? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. So those kind of things. In pre-K, his teacher said that, you know, I think he needs a little bit more help with his schoolwork. And so that's when he first got his IEP. But they just said um, developmental delay. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I kept pushing, kept pushing. And I was like, listen, y'all need to tell, I'm telling y'all. And the school didn't even diagnose him with ADHD. It was the Kennedy Krieger Center. Mm-hmm. From that, now here we are, I say on the other side. He's in fourth grade. I was okay with the fact that I thought my son would only make 
maybe B's, but he would be a straight C student. From Kennedy Krieger telling me the things that we needed to do, which were like therapy for and attention focusing activities, because I just for me, I'm a no medication parent. Mm -hmm. And so just doing these different things, my son gets A's and B's. Wow. Yes. My son is when people meet him now, they're like, are you sure? Because he'll look you dead in your eye and care. Hold his hand out, shake your hand, have conversation with you. He's starting, he plays basketball because they said team activity would help him because he has social anxiety. He plays basketball. He's really good. This is not just me to mom saying it. Like, he's really good. Mm -hmm. And so, but you have to, I was a mom. I was adamant about getting him things because it's not about him now, today. It's about when my son becomes an adult Mm -hmm. and one day when I'm not here, being able to live on his own. Right. That independence. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you manage life as mom and, you know, advocate, caregiver, uh, boss, wife? Coffee. No. <laughs> <laughs> it really, um, I, I practice self-care. It took me a while. I just was going, going, going. But um, I practiced self after getting sick. I started practicing self care. So I quarterly I go do something like like spa day something or like my dad lives in Delaware near the beach. I'll go visit him without the kids. Mm-hmm. So I try to refuel. I need I need to refuel and recharge so that I can be the best person to my family, the best mom, and to my business. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it takes balance and knowing when, like I, when my business started to grow and it was consuming me, I hired, I started hiring like contractors, but I got help Mm -hmm. and knowing at what point you need help before you are drowning Mm -hmm. is what I say. Now, how did you go about your hiring process? Because that can be daunting for a lot of small business owners. It is. I created Typeform. Mm-hmm. I created an application process through there. And I want portfolio. I want references. Do you have a website? It's not. Okay, I understand. But I want someone I can call or email or something to be a reference. I want to see what type of work you can do. Mm-hmm. And then I do a trial basis. So that's that's what I suggest. Okay. Yeah, because scaling is is real. It's real. And it, like I said, it can be very daunting um, and overwhelming Mm -hmm. for a lot of small business owners. You can burn out. Mm -hmm. Now, I know at one point uh, in your bio, it mentioned that you have a thing for helping women in business. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what's your, um, you know, why specifically women? That's who I can. I'm a woman (laughs) and that's who I connect with. But my motto is we can all win. Mm -hmm. And so I see so much shade and I hate using that word, but I'm going to use it. And women feeling like they're competitors, like people will ask me, why are you following or why do you let her in your group? Or like I've went to events and there are other social media marketing women there. And I'm like, hey, girl. Like, because just because we're both in that in industry, this, your clientele could be totally different than mine. Mm-hmm. I met a girl and she told me about something I didn't even know. And I was like, what? We're going next week. We're going out to lunch. 
Like I told her, I was like, you need to get such and such. And she was like, oh my gosh, telling her about workflows. Mm -hmm. She was feeling overwhelmed. So rather than think of, it's like billions of people in the world. Rather than think of someone as a competitor, why don't you say, how can we both win? Yeah. How can we collaborate instead of compete? Exactly. Now, which uh, management tool did you tell her about? I was telling her about Dubsado. Okay. Do you know Dubsado? No, I use Asana. But no, 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 no. See, Dubsado is a CRM all-inclusive is what I call it. Kind of like HubSpot or Seven Hats? Yeah, yeah 17 Hats. Mm-hmm, 17 exactly. Hats. Mm-hmm. But they have workflows in there. Now they have a scheduler. I like the fact that each one of my client can have their own portal. Hmm. Yes. And you can customize the portal. So the portal comes with a password. So they can kind of check in and see on the progress so of where you are. You can send emails from there. So when I send out a proposal mm-hmm. and when I send out, like when I need collateral from them, like if they have their own photos and things like that, it's all in their portal. When I sent the email, they checked it on this day. I said, oh, I didn't get that email. Well, wait a minute. Look in your portal. Mm-hmm. Or I don't see what that is. Look in your portal. <laughs> Everything's in your portal. So, And it's Dubsano. Dubsano. D-U-B. S-A-D-O. And Dubsado, when you have your own forms, they will upload, before it was like 10 forms, Mm -hmm. they will upload 10 forms. So you can send out contracts, invoices. Um, You can hook it to your website for your intake form too. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And it's all right there. And I think it's important to streamline because I feel like a lot of us, especially when we're starting out, we don't know what we need. And so as we learn of something, we're like, oh, let me try this. Yes. Oh, let me try this. And so the next thing you know, you have five different accounts that are doing different things. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one comes with a fee. So <laughs> yes. if, if you can aggregate them all into one mm-hmm. and find a platform that can, you know, kind of be your all inclusive. And yes. then you have that one payment one time a year. Then I think that that could be really beneficial for a lot of us. So I cut out Acuity. Um, oh, with this platform? Yes, it has a scheduler within it. Okay. So you don't need Acuity. I cut out um, Hello Sign because mm-hmm. you don't need it because you can send, get the form signed there. Mm-hmm. I still have PayPal and Stripe because they use that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was using 17 Hats and then I cut that out. I just use this. Hmm. I don't have to use Google Drive mm-hmm. like for as portal. I use the portal inside their platform. Hmm. Do you know how much it costs for? Now, when I signed on, it was $35 a month. They did go what? up. Yeah. That's it? Mm-hmm. And you have access to all of that? Yes. Yes. And and let's say by chance you have like 40 forms. Mm-hmm. They have a small fee for them to put the 40 forms in there and do your workflows. And it's a CRM? Yes. She just blessed us, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I will be checking that one out when yes. I get home. All right. Awesome. That is so cool. Yes. Now, let me ask you this. What is your favorite platform? And when I say platform, software platform to help you with your business, would it be Desato or is there something I else? Would, I don't know where I would be without Dubsado. I'd probably be lost. <laughs> I'm just Dubsado and then of course like Google mm-hmm. um, for emailing. I'm trying to think. I would be lost without those. But I like um 
I don't know if you all use Plan. Mm-mm. It's for Instagram. Okay. And it's really cool because you can go on your competitor's page and see the top hashtags for their top images, like their top post. Mm-hmm. So if I went on your page from Plan, it would show me your top post and then it would show me the top hashtags that you used hmm. so that then I could use that and maybe I could do a post like that. You out there stealing people's stuff. Sorry, I'm just joking. <laughs> we, we collaborating. Create, we're creating it better. <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. But it's planned with two N's, P-L-A-N-N. Okay. Yes, thank you, thank you. Because mm-hmm. I know our listeners love to get those those one ups and yes. and even have like a testimonial of like how some of these platforms work because sometimes you're out there and you're looking and you're like, does this really do everything that it says that it it's going to do? Plan is awesome. So for everyone listening, I am a app geek, so I geek out on apps. So I'll be someone will tell me I'll be like, what is that? And then I'll look it up and then I'll play around on it. Mm-hmm. So I love apps too. And do both of these are they? Um, Plan is desktop and app. Okay. What about Sato is just desktop. Mm. You can go, you know, from yeah. your phone yeah, via website, but yeah. I'm just doing home screen. So mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. <laughs> no, this has been so good. All right. So we have come to the point in the show where we share a moment from the valley. Okay. Now, this is where you share something that <clears throat> a situation that you did not know how you were going to get out of it. So we want to know what that was, how you got out of it, and what was waiting for you on the other side. Ooh, there have been so many. <laughs> I know, that's what everybody says. So I'm going to give you a moment to think of which one you want to go with. Okay. And while you're thinking, we are going to listen to a little her. Stay with us. Love you and then 
right, we are back and we are ready to hear Mayon's moment from the valley. Go ahead, Mayon. So my moment from the valley is when I lost my mom. Um, trying to talk about crying. So because I'm an only child, she became my best friend. And my mom was sick for a few years. I actually stopped working to care for her. And so um, in my mind, when she was, when I, when I was losing her, I kept saying to myself, she's not going to die. I was, now here come the only child in me. Because I said, it's about to be my birthday. She's not going to die, y'all. And so my whole, like my mom's siblings are sitting there and I'm telling them this. But it became a point where there was a, she needed blood transfusions so much that they had a cooler right outside of her hospital room. And they were going back and forth like every 15, bringing, yeah. And so I was like, this is enough. Like, it's time for me to say goodbye. And so I didn't mean, I didn't realize that me saying goodbye to her, all that pain she felt for so long, (laughs) she was finally at peace and now the pain was on me. And... I don't, I've never been an orphan. My mother was an amazing mom. But in that moment, I felt like an orphan. I still had my dad, but it was not the same. And so I just sat there in the room for hours trying to figure out, one, how I was going to tell my oldest son, who she had a really strong relationship with, but two, what was I going to do? Like, I really had no idea what I was going to do with my life because my life became her and my children at that time. And so I tell people mental health health is real. Depression is real. I became depressed. I got a sitter like for my kids and I would go and uh, cry most of the day, send my oldest off to school and the other two to daycare and then I found out I was pregnant with my fourth. And I still that still didn't change me. It was when I was bleeding and I thought I was having a miscarriage with my fourth that it was like something clicked. And so then my mom had this book with her um, her bucket list because she knew she was dying of things that she wanted to do. So I made her bucket list mine, but I didn't call it a bucket list. I called it a, my wish list. My mom was in school and she was two semesters from like one semester, excuse me, from finishing. So that's what made me go back to school. She wanted to learn how to sew. I took three sewing classes. <laughs> um, she wanted to learn how to knit. I knitted a scarf. I took a class and knitted a scarf. She wanted to learn how to do um like her own mechanics and things with the car. I learned how to change a tire. (laughs) Um, She wanted to go to upstate New York. I did. Uh, What else? It's just so many things. So that became like my connection to her and my way to almost come out of the fog that I call it. And she wanted to own own her own business. And so that's what, another thing that pushed me towards doing that. So, you know, I live for my children, but I realized that there's so many things that my mom would and could have done. And so I'm trying to fulfill those things. Awesome. 
Thank you so much for sharing that. That Thank was so you. powerful. Um, I do have one question coming out of it. Normally, I don't ask questions after mm-hmm. the moments from the valley. But you said that it became your wish list. But have you now created your own? I do. Okay. I do have my own wish list. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because so at first, I was like, I can't do these things. <laughs> but what? The breaking point was when I knitted a scarf. I was so excited. And I was like, oh, my. And then my husband was actually wearing it to work because it was cute. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I knitted a scarf. And then when I sewed a skirt, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is. It was like, okay, I can't like my own vision board. Mm hmm. That's when I started getting to, like, I have my vision board on my desk right there so I can see my goals. Well, you add that Woman Behind the Business Vision 2020 to that vision board. So I was looking and I was like, hmm, around what time? Love my children and love my husband. Who's going to be plucking that nerve around that time that I can say? (laughs) No, but no, I was looking at the date because I said I want to put this on my calendar. Yes. Well, we would love to have you. Um, now, would you like to share your social media so our audience can get in contact with you and follow you? And- Absolutely. You all can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, <laughs> uh, and Twitter on, at socially, S-O-C-I-A-L-L-Y, polished, E-D at the end. And that's where you can find me. Okay. Every day. Now, is, do you do any, like, special, like, events or call-outs or Facebook oh, Lives? Oh, or? yeah. So, I have a Facebook group. So, it's facebook.com slash groups slash everything social. And I do tutorial trainings. I call it Lunch and Learn. Okay. I do master class. I just did a master class on Instagram stories. Okay. So, I do do those. And then I do giveaways. So if you follow me on any of those platforms, it always connects to my site. Get on my email list because I always send out to my email list and in my Facebook group, they get everything first. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, it has been a real pleasure having you. Um, We'll definitely have to get you out to our upcoming event, um, uh, Women Winning in Government Contracting. I think I saw that. Yes, that's our other event that's happening soon. I will be there. All right. Awesome. Well, that is our show for today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And now you can start registering for the Women Behind the Business retreat titled Vision 2020, using scripture to propel you to new dimensions. It's all happening on the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, February 20th through 24th, 2020 at the Bahama Resort and Convention Center. To register, visit wbbtalk.com backslash registration. And of course, follow us on social media at WBB Talk. A special thank you to our show producer, Shane Lewis, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.